What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Takeover with your girl Shay McRae here on Hoop Radio. And as y'all know, we are inside the room with State Representative Brandon McGee doing this thing this week. What's up, B? What up? What up? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Doing good. You know, great weekend, but not as good as yours. I saw you on another oh, boat. Here we go. <laughs> like you boating it every weekend. Oh, you know. Just about, just about. I mean, you know, Connecticut. Connecticut is such a beautiful state, uh, and Weird. one of the one of the many hats that I wear. Uh, my, we went out to East Hampton. Um, oh, okay. And okay. and it's sort of closer to Mar Marlboro, Connecticut, and um, it was an Airbnb, and we found this little small island. It had about seven different cabins on it. Oh, and wow. the men of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, Beta Sigma Lambda chapter here in the state of Connecticut, city of Hartford, uh, we had our board retreat and it was something different. And uh, what was funny, Shay, is all these black men out there on the island carrying these luggage, these luggages as if we were going to like Jamaica somewhere. Very oh, wow. extra. But we have fun. Wow. That's that's awesome. <laughs> no, wow. that's extra. That's extra. You think that's extra? Listen, I didn't, extra. Know, I didn't even know they had Airbnbs out there. Yeah, they do. So the owner actually, his house is on the main land, but he is connected to, I guess, the property. And so okay. he, he owns an additional five acres of land. Um, and I believe it was the Boy Scouts of, of America or Connecticut's um, uh, property back in the day. And so he's fortunate to have it. But it, it was really nice. It was really wow. nice. Well, I'm just getting back from New York myself. I was up there. Well, actually, actually in Jersey, I hosted a pop-up shop and money, money lend pop-up shops. And what she do is um, she does, does these pop-up shops every month, these events, and it bring um, a bunch of entrepreneurs under one roof. And the concept, I've never been, but I, when I went yesterday, the concept is amazing. It's about a hundred vendors and they're wow. all entrepreneurs. I mean, when I tell you these women create their own soaps, their makeup their, their um facial stuff like and and wow. with labels of their own stuff it was very inspiring yesterday it was um hosted by myself um mo money mo uh chinese kitty you probably don't know these people they're loving hip-hop i was people. gonna ask um so who are these people again <laughs> loving hip-hop people but uh the, the point of it is is that so many women are really doing their thing during this time being an entrepreneur there was also performances by mo money who did her thing she was phenomenal and another guy um by the name of chi chi and I, and I told him i was going to talk about him on the radio today because <laughs> the reason why is because so many artists and talent is never discovered and i just want to just give them their roses while they're here and they did a phenomenal job so shout out to money land on the pop-up shop yesterday it was amazing and i'm back in atlanta I know. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, um, let, let me say this let me say this real quick um as i always do and i want my guests to be offended thank you so much for joining inside the room with myself state representative brand Brandon McGee, where we discuss politics, leadership, and culture, and a little bit of gossip, which we do yes. have today. Yes. But today, today, we want to talk a little bit about um, back to school. Our kids yes. are going yes. back. My yes. kid, both my kids are going back this Wednesday. Okay, so uh, they start I, this I'm Wednesday? Nervous. I'm nervous. Why are yes. you nervous? Well, we're going to talk about it, right? Okay. The whole COVID okay. outbreaks. Yes. Um, yes. Shout out to all of the school districts and teachers that are safely preparing for the return of their students in about a year and a half. Um, but as you can imagine, as as a parent of two little girls, um, 
like many others, you have your concerns. So of course, I, especially I, with, um, the, with them and, and with them not being able to be vaccinated, to be vaccinated. because they're under twelve, right? Correct. Yeah, so I Correct. can only imagine. So I'm excited about that. And we have a couple folks that are inside the room today that will join us to give their perspective. So we have a superintendent, Dr. Terrell Hill, and okay. we also have a college student uh, by the name of my little brother, uh, Daniel White, uh, who is at Trinity College, a political science major with a minor yes. in African American studies. So we'll hear from him uh, as well. But Shay, I'm ready for the kids to go back to school. I can tell you that much. Well, let's hear from Daniel. Let's see what he thinks, because I do know that a lot of people are fighting for the kids to get back in school due to missing their friends, wanting to be, um, want to interact with the students again. They're missing that social life. Um, yeah, that, yeah. that, you know, you, you, that's what we had growing up. So I can only imagine. So let's go ahead and welcome, um, Mr. Daniel White, uh, to the takeover. How you doing, Daniel? Doing well. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, That's awesome. Congratulations on um, attending Trinity College and with your major African American studies. That's amazing. Um, let's talk about your your your, uh, your studies. How 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 things going? Things things have been fun. Um, okay. Things are difficult, um, but things have definitely been fun. Um, I'm mm. a political science major, minor in African American studies, and it, it's something I'm really passionate about. Um, and something that means a lot to me. So it's, it's been enjoyable. Okay. Now, when you say difficult, let's get into that because that's why we're yeah, here, jump right? Jump right on in it. Jump, yep. go ahead and get on right into it. <laughs> but but I, think, I, mean, I think, Daniel, before you jump in, Shay, it's important to know this dude is really, really humble, which I, I really appreciate about him. But he graduated a year early from high school. Awesome. Uh, he started college. He actually started at University of Hartford, correct? Okay. No, University of Connecticut. Um, University oh, okay. of Connecticut. Oh, yeah, you me. better give him his you UConn. Yeah. You better you listen, don't play. <laughs> and now and now he's over at Trinity College here in the city of Hartford, which is an Ivy League school. And so awesome. I'm just really proud to watch this young man grow, but also be a leader. So let's talk about the challenges, man. Yes. Talk about the um, challenges. Well, it's college, right? So, you know, class is always gonna be hard. Um, you know, not, you know, pushing yourself and making sure, you know, you're achieving. Uh, three eights, three sevens, you know, four point oh's, whatever it may be, making sure, you know, you're actively trying to, you know, build a social life, you know, be a leader um, in your school life and your community. Um, it, it, it's it's a difficult balance. So it requires a lot. Um, are, you all, are you all, are you all required to be vaccinated? Is it a requirement, yeah. a mandate? Well, it's a, it's, it's semi requirement, semi like mandate. You can put in like exemption forms and some people have put in exemption forms, but most people have to get the vaccine to be on campus. Let me ask you, are they allowing you to even, are some teachers um, like saying, well, if you're not vaccinated, you can't attend this course? Well, we don't know yet. That's a, I was um, gonna say that's a HIPAA violation. Yeah. It? If the teachers, I, 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 I would hope, I would hope so. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, we don't know 100%. Okay. Um, I know that on campus it says, you know, we have to be vaccinated and, unless you have an exemption and proof of exemption. But for right now, we don't know. But let's be honest. Do you think a lot of your college mates um, are actually following the rules in terms of wearing masks and, and social distancing? Like what? What's the struggle in that? Y'all still partying, right? Like what? I'm going to be honest with you. Like, Please. probably not. <laughs> probably not. I know for me, like I still I definitely still struggle. Um, you know, I'm young. So I appreciate the mind, honesty. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Well, in my mind, it's just like, you know, 
what, what is this really all about? Um, still trying to get better, still trying to, you know, help people um, and, and help my community. But it, it's definitely been difficult, especially us as college students who want to be social um, and want to enjoy time with our friends. And, you know, we're like, oh, gosh, we only have three, four, two years. Let's get this done. And, and so it, it, it's been difficult. But uh, I can only imagine because some of the activities has um, been taken away. Correct. So you guys don't have the certain things that you would that would um, have that you would have that would bring you guys together, like certain social clubs and so forth. Are you a part of any of those clubs? Well, as of right now, not yet. Um, I was a student senator at UConn. Okay. Um, but I ended up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I ended up giving up that seat in my transfer to Trinity. Um, but like more than more than anything else, um, a lot of that stuff, even when I was running for my student senate seat, like it was all online. Um, we couldn't like knock doors, we couldn't like really engage, no, no real events, no nothing. It was everything was online. It was it was it was saddening. It was really saddening because it's like I want to be, I want to be talking to people face to face. I want to be doing all this stuff, but. So has that changed? Has that changed a little bit in terms of your return now after a year of being away? So definitely, so definitely, yeah. Um, we can, we're, we're able to have events now. We're able to actually engage with people. We're able, we're able to see our friends, talk to our friends um, with a mask on sometimes and without a mask on sometimes. So it it's a lot more close face-to-face, -face, more social contact um, in comparison to, you know, the last year we had. Let me ask this. So there, there are quite a few students returning to school, right? But specifically college. I was going to ask, are they back in dorms? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. That was going to be one of my questions as well. So that's okay. good to know. Um, but so many students are returning back. What are some of the, the challenges or fears you think students might have returning back to school? Some students really don't have a choice. There are a lot of students who are homeless as a yeah. result of being sent home. And um, I've heard some horror stories, but now again, we're a year and a half later. What are some of those challenges? Um, and again, you're speaking to millions of people that are listening. Um, what 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 are some of those challenges and fears? Um, what I, I think one of the biggest challenges and fears that you know I personally have, and I think it's you know commonly held, is that I don't want to get sick. <laughs> of course, right? I don't want to. I don't want to be around somebody in class or, you know, even in a friend group, you know, people hanging out, whatever, in a party, whatever it may be. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get COVID. I don't want to have to be out for two weeks. I don't want to have to miss spending time, miss spending time with my friends, miss class time, miss social time, miss events, whatever it may be. I don't want to get sick. Um, and I think that over everything else is, you know, my biggest fear. And there's a lot of college students here. Mm from all over you know? yeah yeah so I, I guess i guess you know in closing we're going to be we're going to be talking to um a superintendent today um and he he's going to share with us a little bit of the measures he's taken for his particular district um but there are a lot of school districts that are saying their leaders that are saying we are not enforcing the mask mandate we don't care about wow. it um as a matter of fact if, if if you even enforce it we're going to take away your salary or resources to that particular district i.e texas and florida um what are your thoughts on that yeah that, that those those anti-mask folks um me you know i i it, it hurts um 
I think it's a it's a it's a real disregard for you know people's needs, um, and you know what they might feel necessary for themselves. Um, you know, especially in I know that was happening in Florida, where people were saying you know, or the governor was saying, um, no mass, no mass mm-hmm. mandates, no nothing. Um, and if you do, we're going to take away your salary, we're going to pull your salary. And you can see, you know, cases rising. And I, I think 5,000 students last week um, were exposed to the virus because yeah. of that kind of, you know, rhetoric. And so it's dangerous. Um, I'm happy I go to a school that, you know, make sure, make, make sure that, you know, the COVID vaccine is, is important and, you know, they're really pushing that, that, that information. But I know for me, if I was going into a situation where people were like, no mask mandates, you can't say this, you can't do this, or we're pulling salary and threatening people, if they put a mask mandate on, I would be scared. I'd be scared. And I yeah. think a lot of people in Florida and a lot of students in Florida should be scared and are scared right now. Yeah. Well, I, I could only imagine, especially being a student of that of that um, body that saying no mask required and you're, you're, you feel like your health is at risk. Well, this is obviously the, the magic question of the day and we, we must know. And you don't have to ask. I mean, answer if you don't want. But are you vaccinated? Halfway, 50%. Oh, okay. Was it by choice or did your parents or your family members or the, because of the school requirements push you to do so? It was by choice. Um, okay. I okay. wanted to get vaccinated. Of course, the school like saying, you know, you need to get vaccinated was was something I had in my mind. Um, I, I procrastinate sometimes and I wanted to find somewhere where I could get the J&J. One shot, one done, but I couldn't find it anywhere. So I ended up getting fired. J&J. I think one of the things, um, and I know I know we're wrapping up, but one of the things, uh, Daniel, can you just talk about your community outreach in terms of educating your peers and the many campaigns you've worked on to help educate people on the importance of getting vaccinated? Just really quickly. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so that's what I've done. Um, a lot of you know video work, a lot of graphic work, whatever it may be, but a lot of campaigning to make sure people, especially in black and brown um, communities are getting vaccinated and that we're giving them equitable information and that we're exposing them to resources that say, hey, this is this education, this is this information. This is what you need to know in case you are doubtful, in case you're being hesitant, whatever it may be. This is the information that we have. This is the information we wanna to share to you and break it down for you. So you might be able to make a better decision or a healthier decision and live a healthier lifestyle. Um, I know for me and I know for, you know, a lot of people in black and brown communities, the reason why they they might be hesitant or the reason why they might be a little bit afraid is because the information to them is, is, is kind of difficult to break down and kind of difficult to understand, um, especially with the mRNA vaccine, Pfizer, Moderna, all of this stuff surrounding it. It's very confusing. I've been confused. I know you guys probably have. And so just trying to break yeah. down that information, make it more palatable and get people healthy. Well, Daniel, I'm here to tell you that it's really because the FDA wouldn't stand behind it, just so you know, okay? So this is another conversation. (laughs) That that is the feedback I get from my my, my people and why they're not vaccinated. So, but uh, we- (laughs) Ooh, ooh, if you're just tuning in, you're you're hearing from Daniel White, Trinity College student here in the state of Connecticut, political science science major with a minor in African-American studies and also an advocate for those um, who will listen in terms of getting vaccinated, educating yourself, but most importantly, doing your homework. Yep. 
<laughs> that part. That part. Daniel, why don't you go ahead and let the people know how they can keep up with you and your journey and um, things that you might have going on to help spread the word on the importance of being vaccinated. So definitely, um, my name is at D-A-H-N-E-E-Y-U-L, Daniel, that's how my mom says it, on everything. Jamaican. Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, everything. My name is Daniel. Um, I, I post, you know, information, I post content, whatever it may be, it ranges, um, but that's me. All right. Okay, well, that's him. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and giving your input. We appreciate it. And good luck with this school year. And uh, mm -hmm. we look forward to having you back halfway through to see how things are going. All right. Thank you. Thanks, thank Daniel. You. All Thanks right. So you, guys, you guys keep it locked. It's the takeover. What's going on, y'all? Of course, I told you we would have another great interview. Um, and I have it lined up. Of course, we've had two great brothers. Uh, the first first guy we had, Dwight Holt, uh, the celebrity fitness instructor, helping people to shape their lives and drop off those pounds. Uh, but I'm back here again uh, with another friend of mine. But as always, I want to thank everyone for joining me inside the room uh, as we discuss politics, leadership, and culture. Uh, again, be sure to join us every Monday inside the room with myself, State Representative Brandon McGee. Be sure to download the official FUBU Radio app. That's FUBUradio.com so you can stay up to date on what's happening for the culture buy us all that good stuff y'all know the jazz but as we prepare for the upcoming school year uh, there remains tremendous concern around safely uh, measures and protocols to ensure students receive adequate educational resources while also preventing COVID-19 outbreaks and y'all know we talk about that on the show a lot not outbreaks but being vaccinated, the different strands, the importance of it, etc. And we also, you know, accept those folks who really don't understand the importance of it. We seek to educate them. But anyway, another area of concern is the widening uh, learning gaps uh, that are consistently more pronounced after this particular summer and, and even after a year of being um, homeschool or distance learning. So we are now in the most critical time period amid the effect of school changes uh, amid COVID-19 on Americans uh, or America's youth. Um, and I would even go far as far as to say even our young black and brown children. Uh, today we have Dr. Terrell Hill, uh, superintendent of the Windsor Public School System here in the state of Connecticut. Uh, and he is here to dissect, break down all of this stuff that I'm still learning about. Uh, this year, or rather last year, and Dr. Hill, he'll correct me, the Board of Education named <laughs> Dr. Terrell M. Hill uh, as the new superintendent of schools for Windsor Public Schools. Uh, Dr. Hill is widely recognized as a flagship leader in the field of education. Um, he is known for his work in areas of equity, diversity, and inclusion leadership development. I mean, he's just a trailblazer, y'all, for developing models uh, for student success and achievement. Um, he also um, is one of the proud mentors of a mutual friend of ours, and I'm just going to give him a little shout out, uh, Brandon Frame, who's doing an amazing work uh, there in uh, the state of New York. Um, he, 
Dr. Hill, he has a bunch of degrees, all this good stuff. Um, and I want to leave a little space for him to talk about an organization that he established some years ago that's making uh, major progress uh, throughout this country, uh, even here in the state of Connecticut. So, Dr. Dr. Hill, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Representative McGee. It's always funny when people introduce you and the stuff they say. You know, the first thing I always <laughs> say is like, yo, I'm just Terrell and if my mom, uh -uh. Here, my mom probably tell me to go get a glass of water or something. Like you get no props. <laughs> You know, <laughs> or take out or take out the trash or something. Right, right. Like, go, go. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Hill, important. tell us a little. Yo, you're very important to us, man. Tell us a little bit about um, yourself. A little more about yourself. How did you get started? How, like, how did you get to where you are today? Um, talk to us a little bit. So first, well, I'm gonna start off and just preach a little bit. Uh, but God, I'm just gonna leave that right there for everybody. That's at the foundation. Listen, so I'm I the concur. Oldest, right, oldest of three boys. A uh, single mom for, you know, pretty much the first half of uh, my childhood till I was 11, almost 12. You know, my mom is my Shiro superhero. Um, she's a former police officer and has been a pastor for almost what, 30 years now, Pastor Gail Hill. So I always give a shout out to my mom because she's just, she's she's everything. Um, born in Brooklyn, my mom moved us out of Brooklyn when I was little before I started school on purpose. I just knew I was starting school in a few weeks and she was like, nope. I was in Springfield, Massachusetts. And so I grew up in Springfield. I love my hometown. I, I tell people all the time, I grew up in Springfield and I'm a rep to 413 always. So school and educated in Springfield, Mass. Um, I went into the army after high school because I grew up in that amazing time called the Reagan era. Um, mm. So you could be middle-class and be broke. <laughs> so I went in the army to get money for school, spent three years in uh, West Germany and Came back home, finished college in business. I majored in business and marketing, but I-, From, I just, So you went to Westfield, right? I went to Westfield that? State. It was Westfield State College. Now it's Westfield State University in Westfield, Mass. Um, mm. And, you know, I majored in business, but I felt called to be a teacher. And that's literally what I tell everyone. And so I went to the teacher fair. I said, I think I want to go south, get away from the winter. First booth I went to was Virginia. Newport News Public Schools hired me that morning. I didn't even do no interviews with wow. nobody. I was done. Wow. Immediately. All the education majors was upset because they was all like, you know, you, you go around to the booths in the morning and then you come after lunch and you do interviews. And they was like, who are you interviewing after lunch? I said, nobody. I'm just going to walk around Boston till the van leaves. Because I actually had a contract. I was done, signed. So I started my career at Newport News Public Schools, taught four years there. I taught middle school math. And then, of course, business, personal finance, entrepreneurship. Um, I was blessed to get an opportunity to be a teacher on television. So uh, wow. I, I taught math on television. It was a program called Homework Television, two nights a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays for a half an hour. It was an incredible, it was, it was cool. Um, came back, went to grad school at UMass Amherst where I earned my master's, my certificate of advanced graduate studies, and then ultimately my PhD in educational policy and leadership. Wow. My wow, that's all I'm gonna say. Yo. Here's so you you also you served though right you you served our country right yes, in the, in the army I was in the U S Army I just I want to pull that out because you you kind of skipped over that you was like oh, yeah I went I went here up, and then I don't know oh it's okay I'll cut you off it's okay oh, okay I'll cut you off so I serve I am a United States Army veteran card carrying veteran DD two fourteen wow. veteran for life wow wow that's why people wow. see me. 
at events, right? I don't do the pledge like this. I'm always saluting. That's me. That's how I feel as a soldier. And I'm just always going to do that. So no, a veteran. Um, so I, I, I really, I, I honestly, before we take a quick break, I want to jump in um, the conversation around re-entering our schools, mask mandates, et cetera. Um, and uh, I don't want to get too, too political um, at all, uh, but I do want to just hear your thoughts really quickly about um, many of our nation, uh, nation's leaders um, banning masks, basically. Um, or supporting mask mandates throughout throughout their school districts. What like what 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 are your thoughts? Your immediate thoughts on that as a as a person who's leading a school district? Um, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? So I, I think that you know I and I don't want to get political with this. I just actually sent the message out to my families. I believe that until we have this completely under control, that we should mm -hmm. be wearing masks. So I have no mm -hmm. problem with the, the governor's executive order. Um, I just came back from Jamaica. Um, this past weekend, and they have to wear masks all over the country on the resorts. Everywhere. No one seemed to have a problem with it. Nobody was complaining, mm. right? Travelers from all over the world, everybody, like we, you know, I met a lot of nice people. No one complained. It's, I don't know why folks are acting like it's such an inconvenience when it's really to help your fellow man and woman stay alive, right? Mm. So if mm. we have to wear a mask, then we wear a mask. And, you know, I, I kind of like flinch a little bit when I hear people talk about, well, the, like the kids don't like it, the kid free. The, actually, we don't have problems with students. Students- It's always the adults. It's right, us, young, it's adults. Young people are wearing the mask everywhere without a problem. I see, you know, my three-year-old granddaughter, when, you know, she puts her mask on, like she doesn't even think about it, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. just what we have to do at this time. So it's unfortunate that we have leaders who have politicized people's health and ultimately their mortality by, you know, banning, you know, people can choose, that's America choosing, but I'm not banning anything. And, you know, but, again- But Dr. Hill, it's, it's, it's a pandemic, right? And so, well, I, you know what, let's do this. We're gonna take a quick break uh, for folks who are just tuning in, as you always do, coming on in, on in, on in, come on in inside the room, we get it. Thank you so much for being here. Um, again, share. Share this information, y'all. Invite your cousins and them. Tell them to come inside the room with State Representative Brandon McGee. Keep it locked. Don't go nowhere. What's going on, y'all? Uh, once again, it's another Monday here uh, inside the room with State Representative Brandon McGee. We have none other than Dr. Terrell Hill. Uh, superintendent of the town of Windsor public school system, uh, and also founder and president of Black, uh, which is the Black Leaders and Administrators Consortium Incorporated. Um, and he also serves on numerous boards, etc. My brother got a very, very impressive resume. But if you were uh, listening in right before we took a quick break, we were talking about mask mandates, etc. And Dr. Hill was sharing his perspective as a leader of his district. Um, but Dr. Hill, as a parent of two beautiful girls, uh, two and four, uh, one in preschool, one uh, in daycare, um, there is no distance learning, okay? You still have employers who are not willing to be nimble, flexible with their employees. Um, I have a concern. 
have you heard from parents? You know, can you tell us a little bit about your re-entry back um, into school, perhaps even on a macro level, your concerns uh, and, and maybe back into how Windsor Public School System is responding? So I'm hoping this doesn't backfire on me, but we here in Windsor have not had a bunch of backlash. <laughs> so like- That's uh, good. I just, Windsor is a great town. Windsor is a great town. I, I, Look, I, I'd be lying if I told people I didn't love it. I just, I couldn't even fake it. So yeah, um, I just sent a message out my first communication of this school year to my families, you know, let them know the first day of school and you know, what's going on, the mass situation. But um, no, I have not been inundated with anyone about masks at all. And I, I thank God for that. And I hope that doesn't change. Mm. And mm -hmm. I've had one, maybe two, uh, inquiries and they were very nice and polite about um, distance learning and we were like no it's, it's just not going to be an available option unless of course you have you know certain stipulations in an IEP or a 504 plan and I, I just haven't had folks I believe the majority of students and families are trying to grasp some sense of normalcy if I can put it that way um, and Coming, like we functioned all summer, right? So this is the thing that I'll say to people, not as superintendent, but I know people never separate you from your role. But as I've, you know, moved around this summer, been different places with my family, you know, um, I've been in a couple other states this summer, you know, taking time off. You, people are out at restaurants, people are at ballparks, people are out at the park, people are just outside, they're everywhere. And so I, I'm hoping folks aren't going to all of a sudden come and attack schools, right? Which I feel so many different issues come to schools, to our doorstep. And it's like, you know, we're like the, you know, we're supposed to be the panacea for society. And I, right, I, right. I reject that, that notion, you know, wholeheartedly. So we are, a, we are a part of society. So, you know, I just think you do what you need to do, you know? Yeah. That's as I always say, I'm gonna do what's in the best interest of my students and my staff. That's, that's right. my task, that's right. the leader, and that's the fight that I'm gonna put up. And I'm going down as a true soldier, as we were taught in the army. You know, mm. I'm going down for my cause. Like this is, you hired me to take care of these students and the staff, and so I'm gonna do what's in their best interest. Doesn't mean every staff mm. or every student, you know, necessarily wants to do it the way I'm saying. Like we're coming back to school five days a week. I know there are some people who've also inquired about, you know, um, why are we doing five days a week? Because that's what I think is best for students. Hello. <laughs> you know, so you, you don't have to just, you don't have to agree. And I, and I, and I'm a superintendent. I think people are already get used to it, but they knew it when I was vice principal, assistant soup. They, they knew me. There is like, Terrell has no problem writing an email back saying, hey, I appreciate your concern, but this is what we're going to do. Like, you know, Dr. Dr. Hill, you, right, right. I, um, having watched you from afar, um, have seen you literally work your tail off at every single step of the way, opening your own school, working with teachers. I mean, just literally working your way for me to the top. Um, you're not done yet. So you'll be a commissioner one of these days, secretary of education. Let's keep pushing. But you're also very passionate about, um, this idea of recruiting, retaining, training, teachers of color and also administrators. So you are the founder and president of this organization, Black. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and oh. how important 
that work is really quickly. I mean, we got a couple more minutes before well, I, we wrap I, it up. Look, I got my elevated speech for Black. It's okay. You already said it, <laughs> and I'll remind people because it's for the break. Black Leaders and Administrators Consortium Incorporated. So we are fully incorporated, not just throwing a name out there, and we are a full-fledged 501c3. So you can feel free to make donations. Um, I This came out of my dissertation work. I My study was on the career paths of Black and white superintendents. And I looked at Massachusetts and Connecticut, and I saw that out of um, over 500 superintendencies in these little states combined, there were mm -hmm. only six black superintendents. Six. Wow. I didn't discriminate against my Latino brothers and sisters, but you know, you have to focus on an area. My committee was like, you can't study everyone. But the That's numbers right. were no different from my Latino brothers and sisters. So it's the same thing. So it's like, how in the world are we going to school, getting the same training, the same degrees, the same licenses, but we can never seem to crack that executive position? Because call it what you will, the, the superintendent position is the CEO of the corporation. And so we can never seem to quite get there. And no one seemed to be making any noise about it. And I was like, what's going on here? And it's not like every one of these white superintendents were in their first superintendency. Many of them have been bumped and moved around and jumped around. We're still waiting in line like, hey, um, can I what come on me? Right? right? So that's why the title of my dissertation is get in where you fit in. So get the spot where you can. <laughs> but then the way I operate in life is put your foot in the door. So Black is an organization putting its foot in the door and standing up and advocating for other folks of color to get opportunities that they wouldn't normally get because we've never worked as a collective voice we've always operated in silos and individually and you know the strength of personality i know i got a strong personality i'm not shy i'm not afraid i had a tough mom i was in the military so i'm gonna go anywhere on the planet and i'm gonna make my way period mm -hmm. i know me but there are many other people who are very talented but that's just not their personality you know, so not only does their race play against them, but then their personality trait can play against them. So I want an organization that can advocate. We can provide training. COVID hit in the middle of our second year, but we still are at, uh, we're over 80 members alone here in Connecticut. And, you know, we're growing and we're going to get the message out. Wow. We're dealing with the pandemic, but folks are understanding there's a benefit to being a part of this collective. Uh, so much so, I know you politicians have noticed your organization. Mm -hmm. The State Department of Ed has noticed your organization. Our now Secretary of Education, he knows the organization very well. So like, mm -hmm. we're just trying to do our best and we're trying to work with other organizations like Kalas, you know, um, for us to collectively come together to understand that we need to be seen, heard and given real opportunities to move in this field. So for for a lot of our folks who are who, who are tuned in and thank you so much for tuning in, um, is, is Kalas uh, the sort of um, Latino version of black? Um, superintendents so, and, I don't, and administrators. I don't want to take, take any juice from anybody, right? Because I want none of my, my brothers and sisters coming for me. Kalas is actually, they're already, Alas is a national organization. Okay. Got it. So Kalas is the Connecticut chapter and that chapter started in 2015 here in Connecticut. Okay. Kalas was already established. So they're, you know, that organization. So that's already, good. That's good to know. Yeah. So we're just trying that's to. That's what's up. Yeah, we're working with so so can where can folks actually find more information and to be a part of this movement uh, in different states? I mean, we've got folks tuned in throughout the country internationally as well. Uh, so how, how does this work? So how I'm can looking, people get I'm in touch with you? forward to spreading the word and moving through each state. Or like I'm looking to like basically say I tell people I want to be like the NAACP or Urban League of 
you know, black leaders. So we can start chapters in every state. So they go to the website and search black. The key is don't put the K on the end. You know, some people see me with the gear I was wearing in Jamaica. And they look like, did he misspell black? No, we didn't misspell it. It's Black <laughs> Administrative Consortium. So our logo is B-L-O-C. So if you go to blackleaders.org, you can find us very easily on the web. We're not something hard to find. And there is information there, a mission and vision, and you can also uh, sign up. If you're interested in potentially starting a chapter in your state, you have my uh, contact information to speak with me and our executive board, and we can take that up. We have our bylaws laid out. We are, we are official. We are an official, like I said, 501c3. You can search the federal roles. We, we real. Like I'm all business. Well, doctor. I'm major in business. So that's, it's going to be business. <laughs> that's first. your thing. That's so it. Dr. Hill, man, I, I can't thank you enough for taking a little bit of your time to come on inside the room uh, to share with us your work. Um, if, if there's one thing that you can share with black administrators or those folks who are in the education space and they're wanting to, wanting to grow. What is that one piece of advice or wisdom that you could share with them right now? Don't always wait for someone to give you an opportunity to demonstrate your leadership or your abilities. You make your own opportunities and you put in that work. And of course, in our field, you're doing it for the best interest of children. People are going to notice. Wow. So again, if you just tuned in, you were listening to Dr. Terrell Hill, a school superintendent here in the state of Connecticut for the Windsor Public School System, founder, uh, or rather, yeah, founder and president of Black. Uh, you already know that's B-L-A-C without the K, y'all, if you want to find out some more information. Dr. Hill, thanks for joining us, and we hope to have you come back soon. Y'all keep it locked. Thank Don't you, go sir. anywhere. Welcome back to The Takeover with your girl, Shay McCray here on FUBU Radio. And if you're just now tuning in, I'm sitting here with Brandon, State Representative Brandon McGee Jr. Look, I always like to play with him with his name and stuff. Sorry, Brandon L. McGee Jr. Okay. And um, he's doing his thing. And, okay. Um, How you right? doing? Okay. 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 Look, and uh, the young man you just had speak, um, phenomenal, speaks very well. Um, uh, he, he was uh he know what he doing huh oh yeah oh yeah daniel <laughs> white man is just one of those emerging leaders uh among his 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 group of folks and he's just doing some amazing work but it's always yeah. great to hear directly from our students no matter you know what grade they're in whether high school middle school or college they yeah. have something to say uh, yeah. so we're really glad that he was able to you know join us inside the room today yeah, level a uh, lot of depression going on with the students this this past year. A lot more yeah. the depression um rate has went up, especially among the children. Now, mm -hmm. here's another thing: we talked about um, mass mandates and things that has been in place, and we know one of the the one of the things that has been in place was the um, the eviction bans mm -hmm. that they couldn't evict uh, any tenants do because of the the pandemic well the cdc right. eviction ban has ended by the supreme court okay it looks like on the 26th they ended the ban on eviction putting millions at risk right now and i'm not gonna lie i know some people might have been taking advantage of everything and so but there are people who really don't have the funds because their pay has dropped they're 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 without jobs as many still say there's still jobs out there but not 
in my eye from what I see is not enough to still cover financial of these people homes from what I hear well apparently um I, everyone remember back in March, the Congress passed the Coronavirus Aid Relief Economic, what is it, and Economic Security Act, which mm -hmm. was not approved by the president. It was approved, passed by the CDC. And this mm -hmm. is one of the reasons why the Supreme Court pushed it back because they said, hold up, this could only be passed by the president. How was the CDC? And then we sat here and banned evictions. This is why. So Biden administration tried to go in and, of course, get this act approved, uh, um, you know, and they pushed it back again. They said, mm. no, uh, uh, it's too late. I guess um, I guess there were some questions on why would um, the Supreme Court do this? You know what I'm saying? I know one of the questions that was out there um, is um, how many people are affected? Nearly 8 million households are affected right now. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. What happened next? Tenants in a handful of states and city, including New York, California, are still protected by local eviction bans that remain in effect. So they're still protected on a local level. But well, let, let me let me jump in. So one of the things um, I do on the state level here as a legislator is I'm the chair of the, the housing committee. Oh, wow. Uh, and, okay. And and one of the things, so uh, a few weeks ago, we talked a little bit about the moratorium that um, was basically going to end. And yes. you had Representative Corey Bush, um, black female uh, from uh, where George Floyd is from. Uh -huh. uh, and, and we applaud her for her strong leadership and grassroots activists. Um, with drawing who basically she drew attention to the urgent need to extend the eviction moratorium with with major success it was extended meaning those renters who are unable to pay their rent they are covered by the federal law unfortunately on the state level those laws don't cover a lot of folks within our own respective states. Yep. So now you see an increase of eviction proceedings beginning to happen. Yep. What's also important to note here in the state of Connecticut, we're the third state to pass a law that basically says every person who is unable to afford legal representation will have a right to what we're calling the right to counsel. It's a law that I passed here in Connecticut that will help both the landlord as well as the tenant but there are millions, as you've already said, Shay, there are millions across this country who will be impacted, uh, yep. essentially being evicted. Yep. Uh, but everything that you said in terms of the CDC um, and the president and all those folks, they're fighting back and forth. But we need we need a moratorium. And I'm saying the moratorium until this pandemic has has gone by, you know, um, we're we going to move around long because I know you have a guest with you, but I, I hear you and I'm totally in agreement with you, especially to those who really need it. But what about those landlords, those homeowners who are not, they have to continue to pay their bills as well. That's right. Who are protecting them? Why isn't there a law or an act out there to help get them to be covered or protected with, there is. from the banks and so forth? Oh, yep, there, there is. is. There is. So the federal government provided trillions with the T, trillions of dollars uh, to states to provide monies to landlords and tenants. Here in Connecticut, it's called Unite CT. Oh. Tenants could literally 
apply to uh, to receive these dollars up to about $15,000. The money does not go to the tenant. It goes directly to the landlord so that the landlord can pay the mortgage. Okay. Likewise, with those who are homeowners and they have single family homes and they can't meet the mortgage, they could have their mortgages deferred. The tricky part in this is whether or not it's one of those banks or financial institutions that the state oversees. So you have oh. private banks like Bank of America. Um, what's the one with the W? Oh, Lord. Wachovia. Wells, Wachovia or Wells Fargo. These Those private banks we have no control over. Got so you. you're finding a lot of states and basically in fights with these bank banking institutions because they're like, give me my money. We know you have it. And when in Ooh. fact they don't, people okay. don't have the money. Uh, so there are resources, but because this is the first of its kind, it's so much money, there are no systems in place. Folks are having a hard time getting access to the funds. Wow. Well, thank you for getting us a little closer insight on that, um, B, because um, yeah. it is confusing for a mm -hmm. lot of the, not only is it confusing for the tenants, but even more confusing for the landlords because I hear homeowners has lost their homes and they're even homeless because they can't get gain access back into their own homes. So right. I appreciate that. But you have a guest. Let's go I ahead do. and introduce our guest. I guess. do. <laughs> I do. So again, as, as students, uh, families are preparing for the first day of school in some places, some others have started last week. Um, we have none other than Dr. Terrell Hill, who is the superintendent, the first African-American to serve in this position uh, right here uh, in the state of Connecticut. And he represents the Windsor Public School District. So he's going to talk about some challenges. He's going to talk about uh, the preparation they took uh, to prepare for our students. And he also has an organization that he co-founded called Block, B-L-C. And it's Black Leaders Administration, uh, Administrators, excuse me, Consortium, Inc. And the purpose of it is to recruit Black and Brown folk, specifically Black people, to serve in more of these higher administrative positions. So we're so glad to have them inside All the room right. with us. All right. Well, let's get right into it. You guys keep it locked. All right. Welcome back to The Takeover with your girl, Shay McCray, as we are still inside the room with State Representative Brandon McGee. Um, B, that is an amazing, amazing um, interview. And um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of those leaders who are taking, um, you know, this serious and helping to protect um, our loved ones while they're out yeah. there in their hands. Because like, uh, you know, you have to, you have to have a plan. And a lot yeah. of us, a lot of people are blindsided by this thing. I'm not going to lie. I believe even the, the government is. So, hey, if you could control it within your own community, that was an amazing right. thing. So um, right. I appreciate you for having um, Superintendent. Dr. Hill, yeah. Yes, yes. I appreciate I, I'm, it. I'm just, I'm just really appreciative of his leadership as well um, in promoting and advocating for the career progression of Black leaders uh, by providing training, mentoring, networking yes. opportunities uh yes. and you know in return increasing the number of black leaders uh the social capital of black leaders and creating a community through which black leaders can share best practices so if you want to learn uh, more about what dr hill is doing beyond his his primary job as a superintendent of the windsor public school system um you can go to his website blackleaders.org and it's B L C. You're gonna drop the K. Okay. Black 
blackleaders.org uh to to find or learn more about how to join the movement again thank okay. you so much dr hill uh for for your support okay i appreciate it yes yes yeah. so we still have more um before our troops come home what's what's the oh, update yeah. with that what's going on b yeah so you know last week shay and i unpacked um what we needed to know about afghanistan and the taliban taking over um we know that today uh, you should have received an alert that the final yes um, our, our troops are finally coming home they're making their final flight uh here but what we're uncovering thus far is that 13 u.s service members were killed and 18 were injured uh, wow. in an attack at the airport there at cabal's airport the head of the u.s central command center um that's what they you know base, basically what they shared with us uh more than 170 people were killed and at least Ooh. 200 were wounded um and this is coming uh by way of an official with the afghans uh, afghanistan's ministry of public health um they shared with and i'm getting a lot of this information from uh, from cnn um in addition what we should know is that the attack that happened comes as the u.s and other countries are basically trying to get the hell up out of there they're yeah. evacuating people ahead of president biden's august 31st withdrawal deadline uh so i think they're going to meet that deadline but meanwhile as they're leaving there are a lot of people that are still there uh, losing their lives and it's just it's really unfortunate what's happening but I'm, I'm glad that we're able to take our troops um from afghanistan yes i saw i did see a picture of a, a soldier one of our soldiers holding even a baby who was um killed uh, during the attack yes a newborn baby it looks like six months so it's um i just pray that everyone get out of there safe um and we bring our troops home and and praying for those families um who who lost a loved one like our yes. service members um they will always uh be remembered uh, as our heroes you know yes. and and they lost their lives so my heart and my thoughts are with their families especially today uh they too have made um what we call the ultimate sacrifice uh so yes just put that out there yeah yeah well, another prayer is up for Hurricane. Those who are in New Orleans for Hurricane Ida um, yeah. looks like um, it's, it definitely brought back some horrible memories. This I'm not sure if you are aware, but this was the 16th anniversary from Hurricane Katrina when um, we lost millions to to this particular hurricane. And I know a lot of people had. Um, a lot of people was going through it because of it, seriously. So um, I am um, I, I am in prayers of those. It did not happen as bad as Hurricane Katrina. We do have reports where it left one dead and um, a lot of flooding in a lot of homes right now. It was a category four. So it looks like the, they said the worst part of it has passed already and it's looking it's like going towards mississippi right now but um listen i'm just happy they was able to keep it under control this particular time but it was the reporter for me did you see the reporter out there and with the oh, gus was it out was it al rucker yes he's a <laughs> 
and oh my god and i think the commentary was you too old and he had a little clap oh back moment he was like i'm never too old for this but he was out there reporting doing but i love it i love it you know you got to do what you got to do to get the story so again um prayers out to those families who are suffering from a lot of damages from their homes their floods from what i hear the the, the, the water is up to the ceiling from to, to your chest up to the ceiling so um it, I, it's sort of like what happened in hartford believe it or not a few really? days ago we had hurricane henry or whatever it was it wasn't that much but what happened the water pressure basically on tower avenue you're familiar with these streets shay of course tower avenue and main street it was up to like our waist and higher okay and that wasn't recorded but it was it was really bad and again global warming is real it's real and i think i think we're going to invite somebody on to talk about global warming and its impact on communities across this country so again like you said prayers out to those families in new orleans and it sounds like you've been traveling as you started uh earlier during the show Listen. and i gotta get you like you got me the other week when i had my little sniffles Listen, um you're not are gonna you okay <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna do me you know i just got off the plane and for some reason i always have sinus issues like an hour or two off the plane so this will subside in about an hour or two so don't do me okay we're not doing that um yes i have sinuses all right but oh uh look it's like we're it, it, it seems like since COVID hit, it's like no more sinuses. Nobody suffers from sinuses anymore. Look, yes, we and, do. And All I'm of one us. of them, okay? So, um, but, you know, it's, I feel like we're covering nothing but sad stuff, especially the story I'm about to get into next. Um, you know, I want to send prayers and um, I love to Nene Leakes. Apparently, there's a video going around. She's um, talking about her husband is at home dying. He's transitioning to the other side. And if those who do not know, he's been battling cancer for a very for a while now. So I think a couple years now. So because yeah. um, he was in remission for a little while and then yes. came back. Yeah. Yes, yes. So yeah. let's send some love to them. But do we have? Can we leave out on a on a on a better note? Like what what we got? Nothing but bad news. What, what's going on? Well, Kanye finally dropped. Oh, album. that's good news that's good news is that good so. that, that, I, that love. <laughs> I think so i mean the long-awaited donda right know? but there is a lot of talk y'all about this album and i'm trying to follow the trends on social media some people were like we were left out and then the back and forth between chris chris brown yes and Kanye. yes 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 it's, he said he took his verse off the um the one of the songs <laughs> And apparently, um, I don't think Kanye approved the even the release. Universal leaked the whole album from what I what I hear. Yes. You serious. Yes. Yes. So, shout oh, out says, to them. You think you think um, you think Kanye will come on our show? We got to get him to come on our show. Come on our show. What show? Mm -hmm. He probably going CNN. He ain't not gonna come on here now. We do got to get him to come for, on the show for us by us. Come on, right? Kanye. Come on, Kanye. Donda, Donda. Look. That's the chant, Donda. Yes, Donda. Donda. Like, it's Donda. crazy. But it's yes. spooky, but shout out to his mom, who was just absolutely amazing. But, you know, Donda, 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 it's very Donda, different. Donda, 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 <laughs> this is different. Donda, 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 Donda. It's like, um, no. It's like a cult, okay? But uh, uh, what, what I will shout out Kanye for, he is a marketing genius we gotta give it beast. to him he's we a gotta beast. give it to him 
he is a beast and i am just so yeah i'm happy i'm happy he he finally well they made him uh but he he, he shared his album one other thing shay and i think this should be one of our interviews i don't know one of these shows we got to talk a little bit more about the census and oh yeah you were supposed to and, I, I thought about that last week i said yeah. you said he was going to talk about the census yeah. we'll get into that next week yeah next next week because okay, i think cool. it's important that we talk through gentrification regentrification of our, okay. our communities and okay. what black and brown people are doing to buy back our communities and create yes, yes. Um, communities i know right there in atlanta it's happening yeah, uh, so I'm we could talk a little trying to buy back Oh, you're doing it. You're doing it. I'm trying. So, I'm like, you know what? Let me do this. <laughs> but anyway, until next time, y'all know I love you. Y'all can follow me on Instagram, underscore BLMJ. Uh, you can catch me on uh, Twitter at Rep B McGee uh, and also on YouTube and Spotify. That is Inside the Room with Brandon McGee. All right. All right. You make sure you guys go ahead and like us on Facebook and follow us official Fubu Radio on Instagram and follow me, Shay McCray. All right. We appreciate you guys for tuning in each and every week here inside the yes. room with State Representative Brandon McGee. All right. It's the takeover, baby. Love y'all.